Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. I spoke recently about a way super forcing companies to act on climate change or risk losing investments from Australia's second largest super fund. It's the latest example of major investors putting companies on notice about a lack of climate action. Aware Super has publicly stated they'd prefer to engage with companies from within and push for change, but are now willing to divest if there's no response. And with $150 billion of funds under management, Aware Super has some weight behind it. Damien Graham is the Chief Investment Officer at Aware Super. Damien, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thanks for having us. Are companies listening? Yeah, look, I think they are. And what I think is critically important too is that we believe companies are, in the main, very, very focused on ensuring that their businesses are robust for the future. And so really thinking about how they can manage climate risk as well. So we see that very strongly when we're engaging with companies. And as you noted, we have taken the decision to divest from thermal coal producers, but that's not something we do lightly. And it's very much from an investment perspective. It's been really interesting that the recent earnings season, there was so much talk about the environment, ESG, but Mm. climate change particularly. Mm. There's been a Governance Institute forum on in the last few days, and there's been a lot on that about ESG. It's obviously very top of mind, whether you're BHP and you decide to merge your oil and gas assets with Woodside, or a retailer, or a bank, it seems very relevant now. I think it's become incredibly front of mind for so many companies. And if you think about the investment landscape and also just the economy more broadly, I think companies are very much saying we do need to support the transition to a lower carbon future. And that is the expectation of investors and becoming much more widespread in expectations. And even with regulators, so the regulator that oversights our fund, APRA, has certainly guided that trustees need to very much consider the climate change risk when they're considering the long-term future for their retirees. And so it's a financial decision as much as an environmental decision? Oh, it's absolutely financial. So, you know, we, we have a financial interest duty to bear for our members. And so when we're thinking around climate risk, we very much bring the lens of how do we make sure that we are positioned properly from the long-term investment outcome and we can maximise the risk return outcome for members. So if you think about divesting from thermal coal, for instance, as I mentioned earlier, that's done to try to reduce the risk of stranded asset risk in the portfolio from thermal coal not being utilised in future the way it is today. I like that idea of moving away from stranded assets, but thermal coal and then sort of further up the spectrum, not quite as dirty, but some of those oil and gas assets, Mm. there must be a price that they're worth buying in because we still need to turn the lights on at the end of the day. And, you know, we can't rely on renewables yet. No, and I, I think that's right. If you think about our broader transition plan, so the board signed off on a refreshed portfolio transition plan to help us to manage the climate change risk. And they did that a little bit more than 12 months ago. We've got the goal that we reduce our carbon emissions footprint in the portfolio by about 45% by 2030. So to your point, we don't think that people are going to stop using fossil fuels to generate electricity and and other power tomorrow. But we do think if we're going to get to that 45% reduction by 2030, we need to continue to reduce our emissions and support the economy to reduce the emissions more broadly. So that's what's driving our focus on ensuring we're not adding to our our overarching fossil fuel exposure. You mentioned APRA, the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority, leaning on super funds Mm. to do something about it. Mm. From the other side, your members, what do they think? Yeah, it's a really key point. I mean, we, we, if you think about our purpose as an organisation, we're here to deliver strong returns to our members, but we also want to be able to do that in a way that they can be proud of 
and then we can support a better community outcome. When we get feedback from our members on investment-related issues, though, there is a strong component of that feedback that does talk to climate action. So that is certainly the number one investment-related issue that we hear from members about, how we're managing climate risk on their behalves. Okay, so moving away from the environment and climate risk, the super guarantee rose this year to 10% from 9.5% and it will continue to rise over the next couple of years. Now, that means a lot of additional money being invested in super. Does that mean anything for Aware Super's strategy, how it thinks about its investments, how it goes ahead in the next couple of years? Because more money will come through the door. Yeah, we are certainly expecting to continue to grow as a fund. So as, as you mentioned, we've tipped up a little bit more than $150 billion. And we do have an aspirational target that that will become more than $250 billion in the not too distant future. And we're not going to be alone. So I think the system is growing and we need to be positioned to be able to invest additional amounts of money. And when we think about that, we try to look at that from a longer term perspective and identify themes that we think are really attractive tailwinds that can really support strong long-term returns. So we, with regard to our investment strategy, are very much focused on how do we continue to invest, deliver strong returns at lower cost to our members, but do that at an increasing size. And our portfolio themes look to try to position us to areas of the investment markets that we feel give us those attractive opportunities. Okay. Along those lines, and you mentioned tailwinds, A lot of super funds you talk to talk about tailwinds, Mm -hmm. and there seems to be lots of tailwinds in infrastructure. The thing that I wonder about, because from Sydney Airport down, there are offers and and investments in infrastructure assets. Mm -hmm. How can we assure that super funds who are cashed up aren't overpaying for those assets? Yeah, I think discipline's incredibly important. So if you think about something that Aware Super's done probably over the last six or seven years now, is that we were a little bit later to investing in infrastructure than some of the other funds in Australia. But over that last six or seven years, we've looked to ensure that we approach investing in infrastructure in a way that tries to reduce the risk that we do overpay for what we feel are more developed or core assets. So typically the airports or the ports, et cetera. And we've looked at different areas that we feel offer very similar sort of return opportunities and similar revenue opportunities that we can invest in that may be a little bit more attractively priced Uh, and have different characteristics to them. So a great example of that is that we undertook some research probably about four or five years ago now and felt that the registries businesses around Australia and globally had a lot of monopoly-style characteristics that infrastructure has as well. So we started to invest in registries and we, we invested in the land titles registry in New South Wales and also bought the same concession in Victoria Uh, And we felt that was a really strong opportunity that had a lot of the characteristics of other infrastructure, but it was much more competitively and and attractively priced. Uh, And I I do think also that the additional weight of money that's going into infrastructure in Australia probably suggests that we'll invest overseas in infrastructure more than we were going to with that growth driving that dynamic. Okay. Stay with me, Damien. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Damien Graham, Chief Investment Officer at Aware Super. It's been reported in recent days that Aware Super is going to offload agricultural assets in Victoria, and they were estimated, at least in the media, to be worth about $150 million. Mm -hmm. Is that just an area where the price is good, so you get out? Is it an area you don't like as much? I'm just interested in your thinking around that. Yeah, I, I think we do have some agricultural assets more broadly, so not just the farming assets that we're looking to bring to market in Victoria, but we do think it's a good time for us to 
provide that opportunity to another owner. And it's not a huge investment for us. And so as we grow, we're certainly looking to reshape our portfolio always to make sure we've got the right blend of assets and that each individual asset's the right size for us as we grow larger. So it's probably the right time. I think it's a good time for us to bring that uh, asset to market. It's, it's done well. It's performed well. We've been developing it into a very organically friendly style of farming approach, and we think it's a great time for us to bring that to market. Damien, you know I'm going to ask about cryptocurrency, don't you? <laughs> yeah. It's a very, <laughs> I, uh, very hot topic. It's a very hot topic. We have a debate within fear and greed, and I honestly don't see the intrinsic value of it, and some of my colleagues do. So what's your view on Bitcoin and crypto as generally forming part of an investment strategy? Yeah, I'd start by saying that we, we've we probably had very similar conversations in our investment team and, and different forum internally. <laughs> yours, where, yours are probably just a bit more sophisticated than ours, though, I'd just like to say. Well, <laughs> I think your point's very valid, though, that when I look at cryptocurrencies, and Bitcoin's probably not the best example of, of a fully functioning cryptocurrency, but it's obviously the one that's most well-known, I can see that some rationale for why an effective cryptocurrency could be very useful in future and why some people want to invest in it. I guess the thing that I've struggled with most since I've thought about cryptocurrencies is it's very hard to form a view of what they should be worth. And it goes to that intrinsic value that you mentioned before. So I've certainly formed a similar view to date. You know, We continue to look at all investments and cryptocurrency is no different. But to date, we haven't been able to define a value that we would put on a particular cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, a good example. And so we felt that they're too speculative for our members. And so we haven't uh, included them in our investment strategy. Do people always ask you about cryptos? It's a pretty common question. It's very high profile, clearly. Yeah. But I do think it's a, it's a great example of innovation. And you know, we, we seek out in our portfolio to continue to find innovative ways, innovative companies or investments that can drive long-term value because investing really is just about how do you get access to strong, long-term growing revenue streams. And by owning those, you can create value for members through time. So innovation is important and Bitcoin's a great example of a, an amazing innovation that could have very long-standing impact. Another thing that's been in the news in the last week or so comes from APRA and its annual performance of super funds, testing of super funds. And APRA in the last couple of years has very much pushed hmm. transparency among super funds and heat maps and rankings and all sorts of things. It's true, yeah. Now, it, it came out and it sort of said there were 13 funds, not aware super, I hasten to add, mm-hmm. who, who mm-hmm. failed the test. It's part of the government's Your Future, Your Super Reforms. Do you actually think it will make a difference to fund performance? Look, I think it will. And the old saying of what gets measured gets managed, I do think that it will drive some consolidation in the industry. I think we've been long advocates of the view that it's useful to look at performance of funds and ensure that people are in strong funds and and that will be their best opportunity to have a a good retirement outcome if they're in a well-performing fund for a long period of time. So we do think that's important. We think that going through a process and Whilst the performance tests and the performance measurements that APRA has come out with are perfect, we think that in the scheme of things, they're a valuable approach to try to get the industry operating as best as possible. It's been a pretty remarkable 18 months and you're Chief Mm. Investment Officer of the second largest super fund. That's a lot of responsibility. So Mm. I, I can't let you go without asking what the outlook for the next 12 months is. Yeah, it's a great question. And again, it's it's probably a little bit like the Bitcoin question. It's one that I get asked quite a lot. I've been of the view that we've had some really strong conditions that were likely to support growth assets like equities, certainly coming out of the COVID crisis where we, we saw the potential for a strong rebound in economics and very strongly supportive policy stance. So whether it's very low interest rates 
or whether it's very, very stimulatory central bank policy. And my view is that they're likely to continue. So we're likely to see ultra low interest rates for some time. We're likely to see stimulatory, supportive economic policy, but probably not quite as stimulatory and supportive as it has been. So, you know, rate of change is always important to markets. And I think there may be some change in the next 12 months just to some of the stance. And we, we heard commentary out of the US Federal Reserve, just the likelihood that they may reduce their buying of bonds, for instance, in the medium term. So I think that will change a little bit. We've also seen incredibly strong recovery in earnings for companies. And uh, when you look at the last 12 months, they've been incredibly strong, really coming off that very significant fall that happened early last year. And it's not likely we'll continue to see that type of earnings growth. So when I think about the 12 months ahead, some of the conditions for strong market returns are there, but I think there's a, a little bit of a weakening in some other facets. And that's more likely to see average returns rather than the stellar returns we've seen the last 12 months. So my best estimate, and again, I, I call it that because you know yep. forecasting short-term market returns is always very difficult, but my best estimate is that we'll see more average returns somewhere in the sort of high single-digit returns for markets. And that would be a good outcome after a year that we've seen stellar returns. So yeah. members, I expect to get more like the targeted returns we have for our options. Okay. Just finally, I spoke to Alexander Hassel recently from Your Financial Wellness mm. about research showing women are reporting higher levels of financial stress and retiring with about half the level of super mm. as men. You were partners in that research. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's something you think about and you're concerned about and, and probably need to help members with. Absolutely. I think it is. And, it, and that research was fantastically important to us because we as a fund have about 70% of our members as female. The industries that we support tend to have a, a higher proportion of female workers. But we know that their experience is certainly not where we need it to be with regard to saving for retirement. And that also goes for younger members as well. And the your financial wellness feedback was that there's a high level of stress for, for women and also younger people with regard to financial stress. So not an ideal situation. We do think a lot about that way of investing and also way of educating and supporting people because there's two sides to it. Certainly, we want to invest and have the right options that support people to have the right level of risk in their portfolio when they're young and then obviously manage risk differently as they get older. But also, we want them to interact with their super as best they can so they can have the best probability of a successful retirement. And it's interesting, if you look back at COVID last year, we did see across the industry certainly people in super who went to a lower risk portfolio at the wrong time. They may not have got the education and the guidance that would have been optimal. But at that point in time, they didn't see the recovery. They didn't experience the positives of the recovery. They saw the fall. And so they certainly have uh, put themselves in a, in a worse position than they would have been if they'd maintained that long-term strategy. Damien, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Thanks very much. Take care. That was Damien Graham, Chief Investment Officer at Aware Super. This is a Fear and Greed Daily interview. Join me every morning for the full Fear and Greed podcast with all the business news you need to know. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.